everybody, and welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we're going to be talking about all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kayla Jouett, and this is probably going to be one of my favorite episodes because tonight we're going to be talking about Thor Ragnarok. And with me to talk about it is Ben Bellevue. It's Bellevue, right? It's Bellevue, but my uh, dad says Bellevue. Bellevue. Got it's you. Like, yeah, it's like Bell, like Bell from Beauty and the Beast, and then View. Okay, well, Ben Bellevue, how are you doing Hello. today? I'm good. <laughs> you buried the lead. You're like, this is going to be my favorite podcast, and you didn't just go straight to it, me being here, so. <laughs> it's This is me trying to be funny late at night. It, it's fine. It's it's working. It's fine. But um, but yeah, tell us tell us about yourself. Sure. I'm a senior at Loyola Marymount University. Um, I'm studying screenwriting, so movies are kind of my thing. Um, cool. yeah, I, I'm on Twitter at Mr. Bento Box. I tweet about Paddington 2 a lot, um, <laughs> Game of Thrones now because I love Sansa with every fiber of my being. Uh, yeah, that, right. that's me. I feel like I'm pretty, like, I feel like if I say I'm a screenwriting major who's about to graduate college, people are like, oh, so you're screwed. And you're like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Basically, that's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I'm really excited, like I said, to talk about Thor Ragnarok, because this is such a fun movie. I've been looking it's forward so to good. this for the entire podcast. Um, just because Thor is one of those characters that was kind of a drag, and then um, Taika Waititi just like made him into somebody completely new, and it was such an enjoyable film. And I can't wait to recap it and talk about it. Um, but yeah, if you're new to the podcast, what we're going to go through is I'm going to do the recap. I always say 10 minutes, but it ends up being 15 to 20. Um, so we're going to do the re- the recap, and then I'm going to do the review. We're going to chat about it. Um, we're going to rate the film, and you'll see where I put it in all of my listing. And at the end, maybe we're going to be talking about some endgame spoilers. So, so yeah. Ben, are you ready for me to do this recap? I'm so ready. <laughs> so... So yeah, this is the recap on Thor Ragnarok. So we see Thor in a cage inside of hell, and he tells us that he's been captured. And he starts giving us the backstory of Thor and says he went searching for the Infinity Stones, but he didn't find any. So now he's here stuck in this cage and he falls down and he's trapped inside of chains in front of this big devil looking dude named Surtur who says that he cannot die until he fulfills his destiny of Ragnarok, where he lays a flame to Asgard. Uh, when his crown is reunited with the Eternal Flame, he will rise up and destroy them. And he tells Thor that Odin is not on Asgard, and Thor's absence has left the palace defenseless. So Thor calls his hammer, and Immigrant Song starts playing, and it's awesome. Uh, a bunch of enemies start coming out to fight him, and he's kicking ass with his hammer. And this entire scene is basically showing off that Thor's hammer is really OP and that's how he uses he uses that as his main strength right so he knocks off the crown of Surtur and a dragon comes through and Heimdall is not answering Thor's call to get to the Bifrost and we see that Heimdall is not there and we meet a new guy named Scourge who is uh, showing off some of his stuff to some girls and he shows off these guns that he got from Texas while Thor is still trying to call the Bifrost and finally he hears Thor opens it up just before Thor is eaten by this dragon and Thor flies in and Scourge says that Heimdall is a fugitive to the throne. So Thor goes and flies into the city and he first sees this huge statue of Loki 
and finds the people and Odin surrounded by this theatrical play that shows Loki and Thor's moment on the Dark Elves planet where Loki dies and Thor cries over him. And it is so funny because Matt Damon is playing Loki and I'm pretty sure one of the Hemsworth brothers is playing Thor. It's great. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Liam Hemsworth. I don't think it's Liam. I think it's the other is it brother. Not Liam? No, what? I think it's the other brother that's like he's in something. Oh, he's in Westworld. It's not Liam. It's it's the brother that people forget about. I um, feel like you're wrong, but I could also be wrong. So now look I'm it up. it. Yeah. Look it up while while I'm recapping. <laughs> so so yeah, Odin sees Thor and notices he's there and he's like, shit. So Thor raises the skull of Surtur at Odin and he asks him if he knows what this is. And he says that he's been having this reoccurring dream where he sees the place, the palace, uh, falling into ruins while Odin sits here just watching theater. And he throws Mjolnir and holds Odin in front of him until Loki yields and reveals himself to be pretending to be Odin this whole time. Thor thought him dead. So he asks Loki where his father is and he takes him to Earth to find Shady Acres homes being demolished, and Loki was like, I left him here. So all of a sudden, an orange magic ring appears under Loki and he disappears, leaving a note saying 177A Bleecker Street. And this leads Thor right to Doctor Strange's sanctum. So Doctor Strange, he shows up and he starts playing a bunch of mind tricks with Thor and asks him why he brought Loki here to Earth. And he tells him that they were looking for his father, and he says, Well, I can help you if you can take Loki out of here immediately. So uh, Strange says that Odin wanted to remain in exile, but he's in Norway. And he opens up a portal and tells Thor that he's waiting for him. And he opens Loki's portal and he falls on the ground and he says, I have been falling for 30 minutes. And it's so funny. Um, So they go through the portal uh, and they're standing on this cliff in front of their father, Odin. And he tells them that their mother calls him and that he failed them. Ragnarok is upon them. His firstborn daughter, Hela, the goddess of death, their sister, will be here soon. He imprisoned her after she became power hungry, but once he's gone, she will be free. And she draws power from Asgard and will be strongest there. He tells them to remember this place, and then he dies and drifts off into Valhalla. So they turn around to see this glowing green portal with a woman in all black and silver appearing before them, and she tells them to kneel before their queen, uh, and Thor throws his hammer at her. She catches it in her hands and crushes Mjolnir into pieces. And she walks towards them with these, like, daggers she grows from her hands. And Loki's dumbass calls the Bifrost, and she follows them up. And she first throws Loki out of the Bifrost into space. Then after, like, like a solid minute of fighting with Thor, she throws him out as well. And Hela walks into Asgard, where Fandral and Volstagg of the Warriors Three greet her, and she kills them immediately. And she meets Scourge and offers him a job. So... We pan through the galaxy to find Thor landing at a pile of garbage. The planet he lands on is very vibrant, but it basically just looks like a wasteland. And a bunch of scavengers uh, trap him, thinking he has food. But then we meet a drunken Scrapper 142 who says Thor belongs to her and kills all the scavengers that grabbed him first. We see Hela in Asgard, standing before an army um, in Hogan, the last of the Warriors Three, and she tells them who she is and that Odin is dead, and she says their destiny is to rule over all the realms outside of the Nine and to kneel before her to rise to the ranks of the Great Conquest. Um, they go to fight her, and she takes on this entire army by herself and kills literally everyone. So... Um, we see Heimdall, in the meantime, sneaking in and stealing the sword that ignites the Bifrost. 
Thor is in this chair and it looks like he's on some kind of Disney ride um, and this animation and he's riding through and it's telling him in his head that he is on Sakaar, the edge of the known and unknown. The Grandmaster is the first lost and found, the creator of Sakaar and the father of the contest of champions. And we meet the Grandmaster, Jeff Goldblum, and we appear before him and he asks 142 what she brought him and she says a contender um and thor is like i'm not for sale i'm the god of thunder and he shoots just a little electricity out of his fingers and he tells thor that people come from far and wide to unwillingly participate in his contest and thor notices loki sitting on the other side of the room having drinks with some people and loki's like i've been here for weeks even though like i said they were only like a minute apart and he has made friends with the grandmaster and he tells them that time works differently around here. So Thor gets thrown into a room to await the contest, and he meets Korg and Meek, who are other contestants. And Hela and Scourge walk into the Great Hall, where she sees the painting above them that shows peace treaties and gardens, where she says Odin must be ashamed of how he got there. And she throws her dagger up to crack the painting to reveal an older painting that shows Thor and Hela riding into battle, where her and her wolf were his weapons. And she takes Scourge further into Odin's treasures to reveal mostly fake items. Like, we see the Infinity Gauntlet, but it's fake. Um, We do see the Tesseract, but what she wants is the Eternal Flame. So she breaks through the floor to reveal the crypts buried beneath her, where she drops the Eternal Flame to awaken her army of the dead and her wolf, Fenris. So Loki appears in Thor's chamber as he waits for the contest, and he's like, you're not seriously thinking about going back. She destroyed your hammer like a piece of glass and Thor just blames him for everything that's happened. And Loki says, you know, I haven't seen this champion they talk of, but I've heard that he's savage. They start to pick their weapons for the fight and he sees 142 and notices she has a tattoo on her arm that shows that she is from Asgard and she was a Valkyrie who were an elite force of women warriors that were all killed in battle. And he tells her that she is either a traitor or a coward because she's sworn to Asgard. And she hazes him and tells him that no one escapes and he's going to die here. They take him in to prepare for him the, to fight. And we get a Stanley cameo where he cuts all of Thor's hair off to prepare for the battle. It's really funny. Um, so he gets a new look. And Thor walks out into the arena and is announced as the Lord of Thunder and is booed by the crowd. They hype up the champion. He crashes in and it's Hulk. And Loki looks absolutely terrified and says, I have to get off this planet because the last Loki saw of Hulk was in Avengers. And um, Thor is all excited to see his friend from work, but Hulk is ready to fight. And he keeps saying, like, Banner, Banner, look. And Hulk's like, no Banner, only Hulk. And he smashes into Thor. Uh, But then Thor hits Hulk so hard, the entire crowd is shook, even the Grandmaster. And Thor tries to lullaby the Hulk and make Banner come out. But then Hulk just grabs him and smashes him into the ground over and over and over again. And Loki's like, that's how it feels. And it's really funny. This entire movie is just really funny. Uh, So the real fight begins. They are both hitting each other really hard. Thor gains his thunder powers, almost wins, but the Grandmaster tases him to make him fall down so that the champion Hulk will win again. Hela goes to continue her conquest and finds that the sword for the Bifrost is missing. So she tells Scourge to round up the common folk, and we see a bunch of people running through the forest where Heimdall protects them from some of Hela's dead soldiers. And we find out that Heimdall has a sanctuary for the people of Asgard. And Thor then wakes up in a room with Hulk in a hot tub in front of him. And he asks him how long he's been big, green, and stupid. And Hulk says, Hulk always Hulk. He got here from the Quinjet, which is still outside. So 
he tells Hulk that he's going to get him back to Earth, and he tries to talk to him into leaving, but he's not having it. And he Thor tries to leave, but gets electrocuted, so he can't escape. So he channels into Heimdall to help him see Asgard, and Heimdall shows him what's happening and says that they might need to evacuate the people. And he tells Thor that he's in a planet surrounded by doorways and to go through the big one. So Thor and Hulk fight in the room with their words. It's funny. Uh, They're kicking things and saying that they're bad friends. And Thor calls him the stupid Avenger and says Earth hates him. And Hulk gets like real sad. And he apologizes and said, none of it's true. They're both a couple of hot-headed fools. And he tells Hulk to help him out with something. So Hulk calls in 142. And Thor tries to approach her, and he tells her that people are dying, and Asgard is in danger, and he needs her help. Odin is dead. Hela, the goddess of death, has invaded Asgard. And she says, if Hela is back, they're already doomed. And she says that when Hela's ambition grew too strong, she killed everyone in the palace. And when she escaped Odin's banishment the first time, he sent the Valkyrie in to destroy her, and she was the only one to escape. During this conversation, though, he secretly stole her taser that she has over him, took off his tag, and jumps out the window to escape. So. Thor makes it to the Quinjet and gets on the ship to leave Sakaar when Hulk storms in after him to make him stay. A video of Natasha is on the screen and Hulk sees her lullaby and turns back into Banner for the first time in years. And Thor tells Banner that Sokovia was two years ago. And so he's like, where are we? And the Grandmaster comes on the screen and says that he's missing his champion and to take the streets to find him. So... The Grandmaster brings before him 142 and Loki to find Thor and Hulk, and whoever finds them first lives. So they walk out, and Loki's like, what have you done? And they start a fight. He sees that she's a Valkyrie, and he grabs her head so he can see into her memory, and we see the Valkyrie riding into their deaths, and they all fall, but 142 almost died, but one of her companions sacrificed herself instead, and that is how she escaped. So Banner and Thor find their way, into a Hulk parade and meet up with 142, and her and Bruce keep saying they feel like they know each other. They don't know how. Um, So they form the Revengers, and she offers a peacekeeping, which is Loki. And they talk about getting a new ship to ride through the big hole, and Loki says that he has access to the Grandmaster's ships if they let him free. And they do need a distraction, so they arm Korg to start his revolution with the arena. So Loki and Thor talk on their way to the Grandmaster's ship, and they decide that they should part ways after this. And Loki, being Loki, tries to betray Thor, but Thor got the jump on him finally and put a taser on him when he wasn't looking. So he leaves Loki there, gets on the spaceship to escape. 142 and Banner are flying behind on her ship, and they all rendezvous after a shootout and take the ship up the Devil's Anus to get to Asgard. And then we see Korg and the crew of the Revolution find this huge spaceship to escape on, and they bring Loki with them. So... They fly into Asgard for just in time for Hela to try and reach the refugees, and Thor says he will go to the Great Hall to draw her away, but before he heads out, he found a Valkyrie uniform in the armory and gives it to 142. So I will refer to her as Valkyrie from now on. Um, by the time Hela makes it to the hideout, the people have escaped. Heimdall is trying to get everyone to the Bifrost, but Scourge is blocking them on one side, and they have the wolf blocking them on the other. So Valkyrie starts shooting at the wolf to distract it from the people on the ship, and Thor draws Hela in, and she definitely came ready for a fight. She cuts him in the eye to blind him and leave him with one eye, just like his father, and uh, they can't get the wolf down, so Banner decides to bring up the Hulk, and on the Rainbow Bridge, everyone's fighting. Korg and Meek show up on the big ship to save all the civilians, and of course, 
Loki comes before everyone, calling himself their savior. And everyone is fighting Hela's soldiers while she's holding Thor over a balcony. And she says, she's not a queen or a monster. She's the goddess of death. She asks, what are you the god of again? And he flashes to Odin, who tells him that he is not Thor, the god of hammers. He doesn't need the hammer. Asgard is not a place. It is a people. So he wakens his inner powers, sends Hela flying to the ground. He crashes down onto the rainbow bridge with his lightning and immigrant song starts playing again, but it's still awesome. And they take out her men and Hela starts walking before them and they're like, how do we kill her? I just hit her with the biggest lightning blast ever. Like, how do we do this? And Thor says, this was never about stopping Ragnarok. It was about causing it. So Loki goes to the throne room to get the crown of Surtur and place it in the eternal flame while Thor and Valkyrie take on Hela as long as they can. And we even see Loki walk past the Tesseract and take a long look at it. So Hela tries to stop the people from leaving, but we see Scourge appear with his guns and takes out the rest of her men and sacrifices himself for Asgard. And Surtur rises and Hela's powers weaken as he destroys the palace. And the Revengers escape onto the ship, leaving Hela to fight Surtur on her own. He crashes his sword into the ground and the entire realm crumbles before them. Ragnarok has happened. So they're all on the ship and Thor now has an eye patch, just like his father. Loki, Hulk, Heimdall, Korg, and Valkyrie are here with him and, and all the people. And the new king of Asgard has decided where to take his people. So. We have two end credit scenes. The first one, we have Loki and Thor are talking on the ship and Loki asks Thor if he thinks it's a good idea to bring him back to Earth. And he says, I wouldn't worry, brother. I think everything will turn out fine. And as soon as he said that, a looming shadow appears before them and we see Thanos' huge ship arrive in front of them. And then the second end scene, we see the Grandmaster is outside in the trash after the revolution and tells everybody it ended in a tie. So, Ben, what do you think about this film? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Thor Ragnarok is my favorite MCU movie. Um, even just hearing you like explain the the plot, I'm like, God, I want to watch it again. <laughs> I want to watch it so badly. It's um, so good. It's so good. I think Taika Waititi, who's the director, um, has a really unique style to his movies that are kind of this like, they're really happy, but really sad at the same time. Yeah. And I love that. I think it makes Thor a really interesting character now because he kind of has this like jock personality that you kind of saw before, but it's now balanced a lot more interestingly with this like responsibility of being a king, essentially. Um, By the way, did you look up on IMDb and figure out which Hemsworth it is? I did. It's Luke Hemsworth. You are correct. I am a (laughs) fool. I thought so. Okay, like. This is weird, but, like, I used to be a Liam Hemsworth stan back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, so I was like, oh, there's no way that was him. I would have known. Um, See, that's that's the thing. <laughs> I distinctly remember hearing that that was a Hemsworth brother. And I remember thinking, how did I not notice that? So in my mind, I was like, oh, it was Liam. Because I, I should have recognized Liam. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, I, I've seen Westworld. I know what Luke looks like, but I'm not going to, like, notice yeah, I didn't know he was a Hemsworth until I, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I didn't really grasp too much in my recap, but one of my favorite like parts of this film, and the humor is great. I never get tired of the humor. I've heard some people complain that it's too much, and it was trying too much to be like Guardians, but 
I had so much fun with it. And Korg is one of the funniest characters. And it's played by, by uh, yeah, Taika It's played by him, which makes it even better. And it's just, he's so funny. I love in the beginning he's... when he says like how he got there. And he's like, yeah, I tried to start a revolution, but I didn't pass out enough flyers. So my mom sent me here. So yeah. <laughs> Everything about Korg, every line Korg says, like the pamphlets line, the... Uh, <laughs> The freaky hallway where he's like, it's a circle, but not like a normal circle. Um, Freaky circle. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Or like, only one who's fought him is Doug. (laughs) Um, Oh, Doug's dead. And then like at the end when they're on the ship, Thor is like, Meek, where are you from? And Korg's holding him and he's like, oh, Meek's dead. I accidentally stepped on him in the battle. And then he's like, oh, never mind. He's alive. Hi, Meek. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, what? So good. Uh, Korg is perfect. Um, what did you think about Hela? Because I know there's um, mixed reviews on her. I personally, I loved her. I loved everything about Kate Blanchett in this film and the character. Um, but yeah, what did you think about Hela? I don't love Hela. I don't think she's like the most interesting villain, but I also don't think that she's really designed to be mm-hmm. the most interesting villain. The point of Hela is to drive them out of asgard and then give them a reason to come back and i feel like to that end she did it successfully mm-hmm. um so like yeah i don't know i i think kate blanchett did a great job making her very menacing with a very basic character that was designed right. for her so i i think she services the story fine but i also don't think she's like a top marvel villain yeah i mean I I don't have like my villains ranked. I just have like mm-hmm. my like a couple of my favorites. I don't know where she would be at, but I I don't know. I'm I'm gay. I love Kate Lynch. <laughs> That's fair. It's like you can't not. Um but yeah, she's great. To me, I loved her. I was getting like Shigo vibes, like Kim Possible the entire time. Um but yeah, such a fun such a fun movie. The way it was filmed was like very vibrant i don't know if that's the way that he normally shoots his films you said that it's a very specific way um but it's um, like I, everything about it was super colorful and i think that added more to the fact that they were revamping thor as a character yeah that the vibrancy isn't specific to him i would say actually the vibrancy is pretty new for him mm-hmm. um but i think it's like i think it's very indicative of superheroes because. Mm-hmm. Um, like Steve Ditko's work, I've never actually read it, but I've seen photos and stuff, and it had that kind of like trippy art style. So I think they were kind of tapping into the way superheroes look in comic books, because to a degree, like the movies are not usually as colorful as the comics are. So right. I really respect that Taika Waititi came in and was like, "No, we're going to be absurd." Yeah, yeah, I really did like that. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything that you didn't like about the film? My biggest gripe with it is that as funny as it is and as much as I love it, and even though I think people do, I think people over-exaggerate when they say that it went too far trying to be funny, mm-hmm. there are definitely moments that I think are good, serious moments, and I feel like they undercut it. Uh, the specific example that comes to my mind is like, when they've arrived at Asgard and Bruce Banner jumps out of the ship to become Hulk, 
That could and then have he been, just like falls. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been like a really good epic moment, and it was kind of a culmination of his arc. So the mm-hmm. fact that they kind of undercut that with the joke, I think, wasn't personally. I don't think was the right decision. It's few and far between. There's not a ton of moments where I think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think as like I didn't think about this until just now, but I wonder if they were making a callback to the Incredible Hulk because that's how uh in the Incredible Hulk in his last scene um uh what's his name jumps out and he falls down and he's not turning into the Hulk in midair and he smashes into the ground and then turns into the Hulk after. I wonder if they were like making fun of that and that's why they did that. It's um, possible. I don't know. I just thought about that. Um so I'm going to make a little callback to an episode that's already recorded but hasn't aired yet. So I guess this will just be a little spoiler or, or like a um, little preview. But uh, my friend Christian we recorded the Infinity War episode and mm-hmm. we're not going to spoil Infinity War, but there's a lot of things that happen um, that people say retcons Thor Ragnarok. Um, specifically, like this isn't huge plot spoilers. Um, but he gets an eye and he does get a new weapon to replace Mjolnir. Um, Mm -hmm. do you think that's fair to like criticize it and say that it was like retconned or not really? I think that I I don't mind that he got a new weapon. I think we're in an interesting point right now where Endgame is almost out. And I feel like because of that, like Infinity War and Endgame are two parts of the same story. So just mm-hmm. because he got an eye, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to end with it. Um, True, right? So yeah. I, I I reserve judgment, I guess, until we kind of see the Infinity War Endgame storyline wrap up. The closure, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but I do I do love that he got the eye patch. I wish he. I hope he still has the eye patch going forward. So it's just a question of what they'll do with that right i the did love the eye patch as well yeah yeah i feel is... like because in the comics he gets stormbreaker as well mm-hmm. so i feel like that was just like a easter egg but also like obviously he's got he still has his, his powers without a weapon but he's he's thor like he needs yeah. something so and like they make stormbreaker seem absurdly powerful which is like okay sure i guess um but like you're saying, the the core theme of Ragnarok is you don't need a weapon. It doesn't mean that you can't have a weapon. Right. Um so as as long as we know that like this power is inside him, he makes that weapon work essentially. Mm-hmm. Um then yeah, I don't have an issue with it. Okay. Just wondering, because I didn't even think about that until he brought that up and I was like, oh. Oh yeah, uh... I did. The second they took they gave him back the eye, I'm like, really? Yeah, it's like, why? Um, I was hoping it had something to do with the story, but it didn't. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted it to be kind of, I don't know, it, there was nothing except him getting another eye. Um, it's its an interesting, I don't want to say flaw, but... I think they were just trying to play on, in every single Guardians movie, every time we see Rocket, he has some ki- kind of, like body part and i think they were just uh-huh. playing on that a little bit more and and it, it does make sense yeah um but yeah it's it's an interesting thing with the mcu where one one director might have a certain arc that they want but other directors are able to kind of shift that slightly right um, and i'm sure i'm sure taiko watiti was at least consulted on that decision and he was like yeah i don't really he probably said like it's okay i i can work around it but 
I am interested. I would be interested to know if he would have done that himself. If yeah. it was just like Thor Ragnarok, Thor 4, nothing in between. Do you think we're going to get a Thor 4 because of how yes. successful this was? Oh, yeah. 100%. Sure. Um, Me too. Not, I hope so. Yeah, I think also because we're probably going to lose a significant number of our original Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that you have Thor left and you know that Taika Waititi still wants to be wants to direct and you know Chris Hemsworth still wants to play Thor under Taika Waititi. Um, you have this like, and everyone loves the new version of him. You have this like one pillar essentially of the original characters. Like you have mm-hmm. Black Widow too. She's getting her own movie, but she hasn't ever. But it's a it's a prequel movie. too, so we don't also know that. if she's gonna make it either. So. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. I think Thor. I they can't. It sucks that it he he got this movie in the third installment because the first two were so weak and this one just like made us love the character so much mm-hmm. more. Um so that's the sucky part is that it's so late in his character arc, but what's really cool about Thor Ragnarok is that I think what the first two Thors suffer from the most is only being like surrounded on earth or around like a human, right? Like Jane Foster mm-hmm. and then I you know the second one you get to see like the dark elves place and all, but it's still very grim. It's not a fun movie. And this one was the coolest parts about Thor is that he is this like being from another realm. And like, we want to see more of the other realms and not earth. Like we see earth all the time. So mm-hmm. I thought that was something really cool. And maybe they could do more with that and like show us something else out there. I don't know. But... Yeah. And like, as a lover of the fish out of water storylines, I I have an appreciation in my heart for the original Thor movie. Um I don't think it's amazing, but like I do appreciate it. Thor the Dark World was just <laughs> It's interesting though cuz I also feel like this movie owes a lot to what the other movies gave us because I'm not entirely sure. And I could be wrong about this, but I'm not entirely sure how they changed Thor would have gone over quite as well. Not like it would have been a negative reaction, but I think the sheer love we have for him now is kind of partly owed to the other movies where they presented him in this very different way. Mm-hmm. And then this movie came in and cut his hair and that felt like a big deal. And they and they stripped him of Mjolnir. And I'm not sure if those moments would have hit as well. If there wasn't all these movies with Thor were kind of just like, you exist, I guess. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, But yeah, I think for sure that's that is the reason why we like it so much is because we get tired of the same old. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, strong man from outer space, you know, like that kind of story. And it does. Yeah, it breaks him down, which is what makes the story so good. Right. Is he isn't this big, strong man anymore. But yeah. Love it. Love this movie so much. Um, and he has to mm-hmm. think his way out. Right? It's, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, he fights, but it's like emotional victories. Mm-hmm. It's great. What do you think about Tessa Thompson, Valkyrie? She's amazing, and I love She's her. Um, amazing. I wish she was in 
more movies already. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize there's only one movie she's had the chance to be in, and yeah. now Endgame's coming up, but she's a really cool character, and I really hope we see more of her, and I hope we see her actually brought into the overall MCU fold, instead of just being, like, that character that exists in the Thor movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I think she's going to be in Endgame just because she made it to the posters. And I feel like there's a reason for that. Um, I think all the characters. Yeah, I think all the characters that made it in the posters, like even like Wong and Happy and um, Pepper, like these like side characters. I think obviously if they're in the posters, there's a reason for that. So I I am excited to see where all of those take place. I feel like she might show up in like a wrap up sense, though. (laughs) <laughs> because especially for Thor because he's I'm assuming going to be one of the major survivors um I could see it being more of like a here's a scene of everything's over the fights happened they've won um here's Thor returning to his life and his life is like the Asgard survivors and Valkyrie right yeah I wonder too like where they would go like what I know that like Asgard is a people, it's not a place, but mm-hmm. how would they like start again? Would they literally just travel to planets? Probably. I don't know. I mean, the the fun thing about any space story, I guess, but especially the MCU, um, is that we really don't understand the outer space world whatsoever. Oh, Guardians yeah. one can be like, Oh yeah, they live in this person's head, and Guardians two can be like, This planet's a person, and we're like, Yeah, sure. Sure, it's fine. Whatever. Something that still confuses me, and I don't know if you have anything to say about this too, is that um, in the comics, we do get the Thanos that is in love with the character Death. And that's what I thought they were going with at first when I first started watching this film and meeting the goddess of death. But after, I'm not so sure that one, they're the same character, and two, if they're even going to play on that storyline at all now that you know we know thanos's motives but the reason i was so like stoked for that is because at the end of avengers we hear the chitari guy talking to thanos and he says like to challenge earth is to court death and he like turns around and like smiles and i I was like oh they're going that storyline but then i guess they're not i mean i'm sure hella maybe could play a role in the future but kind of looked like she went down with ragnarok so i don't know yeah, I, I'm i pretty sure she's dead. Um, I don't think she's supposed to be the same character as Death. Um, I feel like she has some basis in the comics, although I know they changed a lot at the very least when they made her. Um, mm-hmm. As for Thanos, I don't I don't think they're going to do it. Like, I feel like I feel like the Thanos end teaser is kind of the same as the Nick Fury end teaser in Iron Man, where they're like, oh, this could be cool. Let's throw it in. Um, and obviously yeah, the next just like a one ended up being cool and it became the Avengers. Um, but I think Thanos, they're just like, okay, well, like Thanos loves death. So let's kind of like reference that. Let's have Thanos turn around. We'll see where we go with it. So I yeah, feel like, it's just Easter I feel like egg, they right? got, yeah, I feel like they got to infinity war and the Russo brothers were like, we're not doing that. Like, yeah. no, okay. which I get. It's a hard story. It's it a is. very comic book story. Like for his, even though I realize this movie has Thor flying across an alien planet being chased by a dragon before a rainbow bridge carries him to Asgard with the dragon's head, 
developing a character who's literally in love with the embodiment of death is still, I think, a very hard thing to do. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Something else that I'm just going to mention just once, maybe, maybe twice, but Loki Stan here and oh boy, Loki is great in this film. Oh, he's so good. good. He's great in everything. He's the only reason the Dark World has any quality. Right? Right. Um, All the funny jokes, everything, like when he actually gets to like pick up weapons and fight with Thor again. Such a cool scene. I love seeing them actually working together. Um, Mm -hmm. I love when he shows up when the big ship comes and he's like, I'm your savior. And he's got his horns on and he looks so cool. Um, Yeah, Tom Hiddleston. Thank you for being you and for Loki. And um, yeah, great, great character. I also, I also just really love that we, we got a redemption for Loki, um, which like, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because Loki is such a beloved character and it, mm-hmm. he is the first villain that everyone was like super down with. Um, partly because Tom Hiddleston's super hot. But <laughs> um, it, it is really cool having a villain or a character who was a villain, at least that's gotten this very fleshed out story and we can look back and like see how he's progressed and see that kind of like we can see that relationship with Thor where most of the time even if characters disagree like Cap and Captain America and Iron Man disagree in Civil War but they're like well at the end of the day we're friends um because we really didn't push each other that far and this one it's like yeah at the end of the day Thor loves him because he's his brother but no Loki's definitely pushed him too far but I, that's one of my favorite things about this film is that every single time in every single movie, Loki does something and betrays Thor and Thor always falls for it. And then they went to go play on it again. And mm-hmm. finally, Thor was like, no, I saw it come in this time. Like, finally. Right. So that was awesome. Yeah, it's a super self-aware film mm-hmm. of the stuff that's come before. Um, and that's brilliant. I wish I had more specifics to go into on that, but I have not seen this movie in <laughs> a few months. It's it's well, been I a hope while. my recap was good enough to like refresh. Definitely, you. cool, cool. So, um, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we get into the ratings? Sure. Um, the music in this movie, as you touched on briefly, is phenomenal. So good. The vi- like the color palette's really cool, but also just like. The visuals that went into that final fight on the Rainbow Bridge. I'm getting very film schooly about this. Um, <laughs> because there's that scene. First of all, the Rainbow Bridge is amazing. But there's also that scene um, when the Valkyries all come after Hela. And I visually, like, that is such a beautiful shot. I love that shot. But they're on, like, the, are they, like, unicorns or are they just white horses? I can't remember. I think they're Pegasuses. <laughs> Pegasuses. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but that. The way that was shot is something that was basically dis- made for Thor Ragnarok. Like, the technology wasn't specifically designed for this movie, I don't think, but it was designed by someone who I think was friends with Taika Waititi, and Taika was the first one to, like, use it in a major film. Mm-hmm. And it's gorgeous, and ah, there's just there's just so much that's so good about this movie. Yeah, It's hard to talk about it without just being like, I want to touch on every detail point by point forever it's hard not to yeah though when we talk about the music like you would think playing the same song twice in the film in the opening at the end would be like annoying like tiring like yeah we get it but it wasn't 
Like, it played Mm -hmm. so well. Like, the first scene when we first hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this is pumping me up and ready for this movie. And then when he gets his powers again and rolls in and it plays again, like, so good. It's really good. It's kind of the idea of a lot of musicals, I think, where, like, they'll use the callbacks in songs. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, in Hamilton, because it's the first one I thought of, um, but in most musicals. One song in, like, Act 2 will use lines and melodies from songs in Act 1 because you've already developed an emotional attachment to it. So it's this really powerful way of being like, okay, you've, you have this, like, mental attachment to the idea of Thor, the god who's all-powerful, from when you saw him do that with this song playing. So now, after we've stripped him of his hair and his clothes and his hammer, and he's practically lost his home. We're going to give you that like cathartic moment with that song playing again. I love storytelling. Yeah, that's great. I didn't even think about it like that, but that wow, what a great what a great director. He's great. My friend uh was in line behind him for a burrito a couple weeks ago. And I I have nothing to add past that. But <laughs> I'm That's so awesome. jealous of her. I'm so jealous of her. That is so awesome. I would have been like, um, hi. Also, can we just continuously forever just get like Jeff Goldblum and um, Taika Waititi like actually like dressing up in their like rompers? Romp? What are, what do they yes. call them? The the man rompers. Romp hymns. Romp hymns. Okay, uh, so but... I actually found out something interesting though about Taika Waititi's outfits. Everyone thinks they're rompers. They're not. They're just two-piece um, the, matching. Yeah, because I own the top of the pineapple <laughs> shirt. And I desperately want to own the bottom, but it is expensive. <laughs> it is expensive. Well, I love it. I want I just, I just, want all guys to dress like that. So, so, yeah, great. Jeff Goldblum is classic Jeff Goldblum. I don't know where, I'd, if I read it or, like, watched it in a video, but they said that... Um, probably about like 80% of Jeff Goldblum's lines were not scripted. <laughs> like I'm not he was surprised. just being himself and I think that's so great because we we see that the entire film. But I think if I remember correctly there's only one scene in the entire movie where Taika Waititi didn't allow improv. Um so I I feel like a lot of this movie is very improv which is great. Mm-hmm. But it's that um the elevator scene when Thor's with Loki. Oh, yeah. Um, that's the only scene where Taika Waititi was like, this has been heavily planned out. Everything yeah. needs to flow perfectly and be timed perfectly. You're going like to do this. It's very serious. Like, that whole scene, I like the way they're talking about it, and they're like, yeah, Loki, I think this will be a good place for you, and it's where we get that closure, and what we think is closure until he goes to betray him again. And then they do the get help. It's just perfect. It's like back and forth, being really serious yeah. and really funny. Um its rhythm is just brilliant. It is so good. Like I said, I don't get tired of it. I can see, again, where people said it was too much, but I thought all the way through it was great. Yeah. And like, as long as the comedy, aside from the couple moments when the comedy undercuts, um, like, potentially serious moments, which is not a problem unique to Thor in the MCU, mm-hmm. um, I think it works really well, but also just because it is such a genuinely good and funny movie. Um... I don't, like, I forgive it because I'm just like, oh, no, like, 99.9% of the time you pull it off perfectly. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll live with it. 
Also, like, this is Taika Waititi's style, storytelling-wise. Um, so people who are like, oh, there's copying Guardians have never watched anything he's done. Like, he made a mockumentary about vampires. This is what he does. <laughs> I've never seen that. and It's so good. I've heard of it. I think somebody else told me to watch it. I think, I think uh, Andrew and, and Moises and them said to watch it. Like, while I was out at PAX, they were like, oh, you have to watch this film. And I didn't. But I feel like I really have to watch it now. It's one of the few... I don't think it's, like, the best comedy ever, but I think what's unique about it is that it's the only one I've ever seen where pretty much everyone I've ever introduced it to or I've heard talk about it love it. Right. It's just universally great. What's it called? What We Do in the Shadows. Cool. What We Do in the Shadows. I will look that up after this. Um, but yeah, I we're getting to this point where I need to know... Um, I know you said... It's your favorite MCU film, but I need to know your top three, what they are, and um, and why you love them. So sure, um, Thor Ragnarok, like I said, is my favorite, um, because of all the reasons we've kind of talked about today. Mm-hmm. Um, it is incredibly funny. It revitalizes a character that people have kind of given up on. It's visually beautiful. I want to be Taika Waititi. Um, <laughs> Second is Captain America, the Winter Soldier, um, which was my first for a long time. And occasionally I I still kind of debate if Thor Ragnarok is really above Winter Soldier, if they're kind of tied. But I love Captain America. He's probably my favorite. He's my favorite MCU superhero for sure. So a movie that like is able to modernize him in a really interesting way and is super fun and its action is amazing um and it's one of the few mcu films where that kind of like gray color palette they use sometimes actually works for the story being told um because it is kind of like the gray of this agency and everything going on i love i love black widow in it i think the winter soldier's terrifying in it which is awesome um i just i don't know I love pretty much everything about that movie. It's a great film. It is. It's funny because before I did this recap, I had it pretty low on my, like, original list. But I've gotten such a... Yeah, because I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, oh, you know, this is is a fine movie. But I didn't, like, really... I don't know. I I liked the ensemble films and, like, the really fun ones. And so when I rewatched it, I was like, wow, character development. I love it. Like, I was mm-hmm. really into it. So it's a lot higher on my list than it used to be. It's also critical of the military industrial yeah. complex, which is very interesting for a Marvel movie because they usually don't do that. Yeah, I talked to um, Caitlin on the Captain Marvel episode a lot about stuff like that, about how, like, no spoilers, but Captain Marvel is going, goes on a lot about, like, um, things like that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. They play on the Air Force a lot, which doesn't make any sense. Um, so, so yeah, we talk a lot about that. So stay tuned for that episode. Um, Marvel, Marvel's trying, I guess. But I feel like parts of Marvel are trying. Like parts even the of first, Marvel. Of, even Captain America: The First Avenger is very aware of that problem because they do the whole um, like propaganda montage where he's right. playing Captain America essentially and it's very tongue in cheek and you're very aware of like oh haha they're falling for this but we never would 
And then Captain, we're switching to other movies now, I'm sorry, but. No, And then Captain fine. Marvel came out and was like, we're going to have heavy propaganda. And I get why, because like Carol Danvers is an Air Force pilot. I get that it's like inherent to her character. So I don't think that they like meant for it to be heavy propaganda. I just think that it wasn't well written as a movie. Right, um, yeah. But yeah, so I have, I have feelings about how militaries are presented in the MCU sometimes. Okay, but that's okay. The Winter Soldier addresses it slightly. It kind does. Of. For sure. So I love that movie. And then third, um, I was debating which one I was going to put my number three. <laughs> so I'm deciding that under pressure, Iron Man. Number three Iron is Man. Iron Man. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that up until the final fight in that movie, it's pretty much perfect. Um, at least for what it's for what it is. Um yeah. it's an interesting blend of like you clearly see how it's set up the MCU, but it also kind of feels like old school superhero movies from the two thousands. And I love good two thousand superhero movies like Spider Man two. Spider-Man 1 and that's kind of it but um I love that that tone and Iron Man perfectly captures that and just in terms of what it did for A for the Marvel Cinematic Universe right yeah yeah at creating it but also just for film because the MCU is for all of its flaws the riskiest thing that's been done in film in a long time um, which is something I always like to point out to my film friends who are like, I like risky indie films. And I'm like, the MCU is wild, man. <laughs> I mean, it is. Um, yeah. 20, like, 21 movies leading up to like and this closing closure kind of film and tickets are selling out the day they go live. Like, mm-hmm. it's insane what they've done. So props yeah, like, to that. The reality is. Yeah, at this point, these movies are going to make money. Each individual one isn't really a risk, but the entire MCU is a game changer for film. And like every other studio has tried to replicate it and they can't. Right. Cool. Top. Good top three. Um, so, yeah, this is episode 17, 18, 19. Yeah, this is episode 17. So we'll have 17 movies on my list. I will start from the top with my number one and go down so yeah number one as of today is avengers number two guardians of the galaxy number three thor ragnarok number four spider-man homecoming number five winter soldier number six civil war number seven age of ultron number eight captain america number nine iron man number 10 doctor strange number 11 ant-man number 12 thor number 13 guardians of the galaxy 2 Number 14, uh, The Incredible Hulk. Number 15, Iron Man 3. Number 16, Iron Man 2. And number 17, Thor The Dark World. What did you think? What did you think about that? Uh, you rated Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 much lower than I would. Yeah. Um, yeah. You rated feelings. Avengers very high. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. I get it. Like, I'm curious why you think Avengers is your favorite one. I know you like ensemble movies, so I guess yes. that makes sense on that Avengers level. is the Marvel movie that I've seen the most. It was, you know, I've been into comics and, like, like you know, Spider-Man, things like that for a while. But I think Avengers was that movie that made me super into the MCU. Like, I didn't really give a shit about, like, 
Iron Man standalone, Captain America standalone until I saw Avengers. And I was like, holy shit, this movie is awesome. It's funny. You get all these characters together, which it's super colorful. You get a nice action out of it. I don't know. I think it was the first. It's It changed the game for the MCU. Um, so I guess kind of in the sense of how you feel about Iron Man starting starting the MCU, I feel like this actually changed the game. Like, I feel like Avengers made more people give a shit and it started started more. I mean, it's the first time we see Thanos on the screen, too, which, like, leads into all these other movies. So I don't know. I love the Avengers. I think it's always just going to be number one in my heart because of the feels I get when I watch it. And that is super fair. So, yeah, Avengers and then Guardians 2. I talk about this all the time, but I can't get through the first half of the movie most of the time because I get so pissed off with the humor. Like, it's not funny. They play way too hard on the humor from Guardians 1, which worked really well. The entire second half of the movie is brilliant. And when we're talking about character development, it's great. All the characters get a lot more of their backstories. And, you know, obviously the entire ego theme is great, but I have to rank it low because it takes me so long to watch every time because I'm just like, I don't want to watch this. I get mad because Drax pisses me off. So, (laughs) so yeah. Fair. Can I throw a wrench into your system? Do it. I'm going to rank my top 17 as well. Do it. Because I can. Do Um, it. So, as you know, Thor Ragnarok, number one. Captain America, Winter Soldier, number two. Iron Man, number three. Guardians of the Galaxy, number four. Uh, Avengers comes in at number five for me. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, volume two, because I'm that bitch. Um, (laughs) Captain America, the first Avengers, number... I forget what number it's at. Captain America First Avengers next. Um, and then Ant-Man below that, which makes... Uh, sorry, I have a list that includes the, every movie. That's okay. So I'm like yeah, mentally cutting them out. Um, you're fine. C- Captain, Captain America Civil War is number nine. Spider-Man Homecoming is number ten. Mm. Thor is number... I don't like Spider-Man Homecoming that much. Thor is number eleven. Uh... Doctor Strange from Outer Yes. Doctor Strange is number 12. Iron Man 3 is 13. Age of Ultron is 14. Iron Man 2 is 15. Thor the Dark World is 16. And Incredible Hulk is a movie I still have not seen. (laughs) So it automatically gets to the bottom. Yeah. um, I'm glad, though, that you know where to put Thor Dark World and Iron Man 2. um, Because both of those movies are bad. Um, They are not good. (laughs) But yeah. um, why, Why Doctor Strange so low? Because it bores me heavily. Um, Yeah, like, I've watched it two times. I don't have, like, it's funny at times. Um, I like the villain occasionally. It's just a very meh movie for me. Mm -hmm. I I find the plot uninteresting. I find the visuals uninteresting. I'm bored. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I did like Doctor Strange better um in infinity war and even in the little scene we got in thor ragnarok because you know he's already established and mm-hmm. by then he i'm assuming has played on this this role as this like wizard sorcerer guy but um but yeah i i think doctor strange is a is is a okay film i have it um yeah. not super high i have it above ant-man though right above ant-man which you ranked pretty high yeah, Ant-Man's, Ant-Man's a mid-tier movie for me, where yeah. I'm like, I enjoy this, I enjoy your character, there's a million flaws, and I could point out plenty of them, 
Um, but like, Scott's fun. I like heist yeah, movies. It's a heist movie. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, um, before we get into anything end game related, uh, Ben, thanks so much for hanging out and talking uh, about Thor with me, which was super last minute, by the way. Um, coming in clutch. So thank you. Which is why I didn't out. rewatch it in time. <laughs> it's okay. I failed. The recap is uh, is the way we do it. So so yeah, like he said before, his uh, Twitter account is Mr. Bento Box. It's Mr. M R underscore Bento Box. B E N T O B O X. Um, so yeah, follow him on Twitter to see all the Paddington um, takes. Is this specifically so the second good. one or? I mean, Paddington. Like, I love that bear. Um, Paddington 1 is a good movie. I enjoy it. Paddington 2 is a perfect film. So, like, Paddington 2 is the reason I love him, but both movies are great, and I will gladly watch either of them. So. Okay. I am ashamed to say that I have not seen either, so. It's okay. It just means (sighs) that you have so much joy ahead of you. I know, because after I'm done with Endgame... Um, I will go see Paddington. So perfect. That is a promise. That's going to be the next podcast is going to be breaking down Paddington. So, so yeah. Also follow me on Twitter for the updates. We're getting really close, um, to end game in a couple of days. I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, follow the Twitter at the snap MCU. And if you're listening on iTunes, uh, give us a rating and maybe comment about your favorite part, your favorite guest so far. Um, hopefully it was Ben, because he's been great. Probably isn't. And I respect <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, uh, possible spoilers ahead. We're going to be talking about anything, anything from any of the movies after, um, Thor Ragnarok, plus trailers possibly, um, and just things that we want to see in the movie. So if you don't want to listen to that, uh, the next film that we're going to be talking about is Black Panther. So be ready for that. Um, but yeah, Ben. Do you have anything in mind that you want to see in Endgame? I really want Captain America to die. <laughs> You're not alone. I I love Cap with every fiber of my being. Um, I I won't. I recognize that I don't think, and I could be wrong because I'm not the Russo brothers. Um, but I don't think I'll feel the emotional gut punch of a character death if it isn't. To the degree that I would feel the emotional gut punch of a Captain America death. Mm-hmm. Um, so just narratively, for me, I think it's... I, I hope he dies. I've heard a theory, because everyone kind of assumes time travel is going to be a part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that what if he went back in time and got to actually have his life with Peggy Carter? Yeah, I've heard that also theory be a super lot, too. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be okay with that. It's very... It would remind me a lot of a Doctor Who episode. Um, right. And I love that episode and it makes me cry. So this would also <laughs> make me cry. Um But yeah, I, I want I want this to be the end of Cap's story, and I don't want it to just be like, oh, he retires in the modern day. I want him to either be dead or just gone somehow. Do you also, um sorry, go ahead. No, also just I kinda need a break from the MCU because mm-hmm. it's just it's a lot. Um It is for sure a lot. And I feel like with Endgame wrapping up a lot of stories, if Cap's gone, I'm not going to the, feel the same um, need to watch every 
MCU film immediately that I've felt for the past 11 years. Yeah. So, on a selfish level, I want him gone so I can care less. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's selfish. I think that's fair. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've been already kind of feeling that way um, as much as I love the MCU as well. But, like, mm-hmm. I didn't see Ant-Man and the Wasp until it was on Redbox. And Captain Marvel, I didn't... I don't think I saw Captain Marvel the day it released. I think I waited at least, like, a week or two. Most yeah. of the films I go see, like, the night of, and I just haven't been doing that. Um, and I think it's the same thing. We have this kind of fatigue, right, of of the superheroes. And definitely for me, origin stories, like, I've mentioned it so many times, I'm tired of seeing them. Um, and that's why I like those ensemble movies so much. But, um, see, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm tired as I'm well. I'm not tired. I'm not tired of origin movies. Um, I'm just tired of... I'm tired of MCU origin movies because I feel like, and this is, I think, just a larger issue with the MCU, there is there is a tone that most MCU films have, um, which Guardians and Thor have kind of broken away from, but at least movies set on Earth kind of have this... I don't know how to describe it, but this feel, and it just gets repetitive after mm-hmm. a while because I just watched Shazam, and that movie has tons of flaws. I actually, um, I haven't seen Shazam yet, so... It, it has a lot of flaws, but it, I loved it. And part of that was just because even though it was an origin film, it feels very different from an MCU film. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that level, it just, it was like a breath of fresh air. Um, and even Aquaman is another movie that's, like, flawed. I think structurally it's worse than most MCU movies, but it's trying to do something very different from anything I've seen the MCU do. And it's visually striking, and it's very epic and grand. And DC's just pushing things right now in a direction, whereas Marvel's kind of like very homogenous. Um, despite how much I love a lot of their movies, it's just after a while you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is this is the MCU. I'm excited for yeah. Endgame though. I hear it's amazing. The Twitter reactions have been. I know. I'm so tier. excited. I oh. I am so excited. I was reading through and, you know, I've done a pretty good job of like muting all like endgame words because there was some kind of spoilers going around the internet, which I thankfully did not see. But, you know, shout out to Twitter for making these like, like these, um, like top moments pages where there are no spoilers and it's just people just sharing their emotions Mm -hmm. on the film and all of these, like, let me see. I think I saved some because I wanted to read, um, like one or two of them out loud that were really short, but um, yeah, like I was reading them and I was just wanting to tear up because I'm I don't know if I'm ready for it. Like it's so good. Yeah. It's it's an eleven year build up, and that's Frank and like with twenty two films, and that's insane. So um, two two of the ones that I saw one's really short. Um, this first guy, uh, Ramen said. Tuda, I think. Uh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house as the credits rolled for Avengers Endgame. Oh, big yikes. I'm going to see the movie not at 6. I'm going to see it at 10.30. So people are going to roll out. Yeah, so people are going to roll out as mm-hmm. I'm rolling in. And I'm going to see the tears. I'm going to have headphones in blaring just in case the Smart. people walk oh, out they will. and they're like, They ah! 100% will. Yeah, they will. Um. But yeah, another one by Eric Eisenberg. Uh, he says, this cannot be understated. 
Avengers Endgame is everything you want it to be and more. I am absolutely floored. A perfect reflection on the last 11 years that pays off everything in the best way possible. Without question, my new favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Stunned. Like, holy shit. I, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And my favorite thing is that, like, looking at a lot of these reactions, um, I like Infinity War a lot, but that movie is a lot of action. Um, mm-hmm. And jokes. And I would, I'd say it's more of, like, a blockbuster entertainment and I, I saw a tweet about it, too, in regards to Endgame, where they're like, and if Infinity War is the bronze, Endgame is the brains. And right. because character is, like, my favorite part of the MCU, and sadness makes me happy when I watch it in movies for some reason. Just the, the way the reactions are going and, like, the, the focus on, like, it'll make you laugh, it'll make you cry. Ugh, I'm so ready to cry. I'm going to cry so much. I'm going to have to remember to bring some Kleenex because... Yeah, there's going to be a lot of tears flowing. It's going to end, and it's going to be 1.30 a.m., and I'm going to be in the Pacific Palisades. I'm going to need to drive, like, 30 minutes back home. <laughs> How will I survive that? I just randomly, like, before we were recording, I was just, like, hanging out, and I was like, I need to buy tickets to see this film again. So I bought secondary tickets to go see it on Sunday in IMAX. Ooh. Yeah, because I'm going to see it at, like, a regular, like, Dolby cinema. No big deal. But I want to go see it in like the full IMAX. Um, so I bought Sunday tickets in the morning. So and there was like barely any seats sold out. So I was like, maybe it won't be packed. Um, I got a perfectly like low middle spot in the middle to just take it all in. And I'm going by myself this time. The first time I'm going with my girlfriend. So I'm going to go by myself this time to like rewatch and take it all in. And I'm so excited. I'm so I'm so ready. I'm really excited to see if my girlfriend actually likes it. Yeah, because she's not she... ex- she's not excited. Okay. Um, but based on the reactions, I I'm I'm hoping it I'm hoping it wins me over, obviously, but I'm hoping it wins her over too. Does she like she the just, um, MCU? She loves superheroes, and she likes she likes the old MCU. I feel like the new MCU has kind of worn her out a lot. Yeah, she's become jaded. But she also does she also doesn't like the Last Jedi or Mean Girls. So I also just like as a rule, tend to disagree with her opinions on these. <laughs> how do you not, like, I mean, I know The Last Jedi is something that people fight about, but, like, how do you not like Mean Girls? That was my reaction, man. It's whatever. Like, I love her to death, but... <laughs> Come on. Come on. Mean Girls. Um, is there any other, like, theories that you have, or, um... I'm, that you're really looking I've for? I've tried not to think about it too much. Um, yeah. Because I don't want to go in, A figuring it out or be with expectations that aren't met um because i know that we as a culture have a tendency to over theorize and then be disappointed when our theories aren't what the ones that come true yeah for <laughs> sure should I? um <laughs> but yeah i really haven't been thinking about it um i think it'd be really cool if they do like a time travel thing but also if they don't i don't really care right the best story you can um and i think for sure that's exactly i mean i i've been saying like they're not gonna do it in -hmm. a bad way no matter what happens in this film they know us they know what we want and they know what to do with these characters and this is gonna end on such a good note and it's gonna be a beautiful film and like we're seeing the people who have seen it before say that so i think i think we're gonna get exactly what we want and it's gonna be 
amazing. So, and I just hope, I hope they're smart enough to give us. I'm gonna say not what we want. I hope they're smart enough to give us what we need. Right. I hope yeah. that movie ends, and I look at it and go, "I never would have thought to do that, but that is brilliant." And you I hope crushed so too. me. That's what I've mentioned a bunch. Is that like I'm here and I'm taking in all these theories, and it's really cool. And like, yeah, it'd be cool if they come true. But at the same time, I want them to like blow me away i want them to something i didn't even think of that nobody thought of right so yeah i've i've actively avoided talking about theories for endgame aside from just like i think cap's gonna die and i hope he does beyond that i'm just like surprise me i don't want to think about it i i've watched the trailers but i've tried my best not to like analyze any part of them i'm really excited for rocket yeah to be part of the team that's not that's not a theory. We all know we're all we know what's happening. He's in the trailers, but I'm just really excited for Rocket to like hang out with Captain America and Tony Stark. Yeah, and what's really sad, and we don't like talk about this enough, but when Rocket and Nebula like meet each other for the first time, that is the first time they're realizing that they're the only two left. And like, how sad is that going to be? And like, how is that story going to play out? And whew, oh yeah, the tears are already they're here. I'm not um, ready so excited so yeah um yeah ben thanks again for hanging out and talking about the mcu with me it's been fun inviting me yeah it's it's been great and thor ragnarok is awesome if you haven't seen this film and you're just watching this i mean you're just listening to this for for the inside scoop before endgame i totally recommend seeing this film it is kind of one of its own kind for the mcu like very similar to guardians with the humor and the color but it's it's great it plays on a lot of jokes and um 10 out of 10 go see it i love it but yeah thanks for listening and game is very soon so reach out to me on the twitter at the snap mcu tell me your thoughts on the film um and on the recap thanks for listening and we will catch you on the next episode with black panther 